Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. Decisions continues. I am Gabriel Morenci. I'm on the grid, and so is Kevin Walsh. Steps up and in post WrestleMania. A lot of stuff to get to uh, with Kevin, but before we do, I've got to compliment him um, on the den. I just love the look. It, it, you know what? It's like, like you said, there's a bar there too. I think you uh-huh. should probably set up shop actually at the bar. And you know, I'm a fan of um, of uh, Mr. Walsh. I like the uh, I like the look. It looks like basically like Archie Bunker's bar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here, I got something for you right by me. It just, it's because it, I had to move a bunch of stuff around. You can see this, though. It is, I mean, I got to imagine it's from the 80s or the 90s. It's a bottle of Bud Light as a bowling pin because a lot of stuff down here, it's either Yankees, That's amazing. Cowboys, or it's a lot of his, his, uh, his, you know, bowling trophies. My dad, like, legit, like, I got, there's a couple, like, 300 plaques. Really? Um, yeah. The one that I love the most. It's just because it's so unique to me. Is there's it's eleven in a row. He which he, for the for three hundred it's twelve. He bowled eleven strikes in a row, and they gave him a plaque for it. And I just like you know what? Yeah, he put that up because he wasn't upset about. it. He's like, no, that's still badass, which it is. Yeah, it's it's the bar. I love this setup. So 12, 12 strikes. That's that's a perfect game. So he needed yeah. one more. Yeah. But he's bowled perfect games. Ultra yeah. impressive. People don't realize how hard uh, bowling is. I'm a fan of bowling actually. Mm-hmm. I like to spend more time uh, doing it. So let's get down to business. We're getting to the NFL draft uh, a little bit and the sports uh, sports scene in general to see any any props. Uh, me and Cam are finding a lot of great NFL props, but a lot of line movement too, um, as far as draft positioning uh, with players are concerned. But uh, WrestleMania, there was a lot of um, curiosity about WrestleMania going into it due to the lack of fans. Of course, it was supposed to be at Raymond James Stadium, home of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, they moved it to um, to their performance center in Orlando. Um, and, you know, people wondered, how are they going to pull this off? Like, for an event that's supposed to have such a big feel uh, to it, such as WrestleMania. But it seems to me, and wrestling fans are very critical, right? I mean, they're, they're amongst the most critical out of any fan out there. Mm-hmm. They want to hate everything. Seems to me that WrestleMania got pretty positive feedback all around, even from the haters. Yeah, I think it's it's hard not to, right? Because when you think about the circumstances, the fact that those guys and girls were willing to go out there and, I mean, I would say 95%, I mean, if not all of them, like, gave it their all as if there would have been a full crowd there. And you have to appreciate that. It, it was it was really interesting. I'll say the one thing about the WrestleMania weekend, it was being on both nights it restored that feeling of when we're usually looking forward to games. Like, oh, what are you doing tonight? Like, oh, WrestleMania's on. Like, I'm doing something. Well, there was something that a collective was watching together, yes. right? Yes, that, that, That's the thing. There was something that there was the whole sort of, there was everybody watching at once uh, that, that, was, that was cool about it. Now, as you stated, 
you know, you have to give credit to, to the wrestlers. They're performing under difficult circumstances. They're risking their own personal safety and health mm-hmm. already in this business as it is. Yeah. And, you know, we, we heard a lot of stories about wrestlers being sent home and The Miz and, you know, exposing maybe the Uso brothers and they were upset for real. And I found it interesting. Stephanie McMahon said, everybody that is here is voluntary. She kept on saying that. I'm, I'm sure almost they had to sign a waiver, mm-hmm. <laughs> basically. Standing, I'm sure yeah, it's, there's that's like uh, that's like Bill Belichick saying it's a voluntary practice. Yep. Like, yeah, 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 right, yeah, okay. Vince McMahon, there's nothing voluntary about anything. Mm-hmm. But they would all want to perform uh, at WrestleMania. But let's be real. And WWE's had a very bad year in the sense that, you know, Vince McMahon puts $375 million of his own money into the XFL. No fault of his own, the league shuts down again. And they were actually pretty successful. That's a lot of money that's just on the table right now for him that's sort of in neutral, plus lost revenue, et cetera. That sucks. Mm-hmm. WWE stock has been taking a hit all year. And listen, st- his stock goes up and down like a toilet seat at a Polish wedding. And that's Steve Ludzig's line, uh, coach of the Tampa Bay uh, Lightning. <laughs> Shout out to my boy Ludzig. He's great. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's a great line. Yeah. <laughs> up and down like a toilet seat at a Polish wedding. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but uh, so yeah their stock takes a beating a lot but that's going to happen you know I mean it happens with all companies so but it really is taking a a beating this year because Mm -hmm. of the creative right you're a wrestling fan the WWE sucks let's just be real it's not it's not a good product they don't they aim to please everybody and don't please anybody that's Mm -hmm. like their motto almost now yeah and they fired or people resign like CEOs that aren't related to the McMahons that people Whoa. respected in the business community. Their stock plummeted after that. Mm-hmm. And then WrestleMania, they lose all the fans. But where I'm going with this, it seems like this is the first time in, in years almost that people are walking away. First time in years I tweeted out, congrats to Vince and the WWE. Mm-hmm. Hell, even uh, broken Matt Hardy tweeted, said, good job, guys. Yeah, and that's yeah. saying something right from him. Absolutely. I mean, and, and he obviously, the, the terms that he left on and part of the Matt stuff is because, and it's absolutely a fact, you can see his influence yep. in what were the two biggest things that came out of WrestleMania. Well, no coincidence, he tweeted after that Funhouse match. Yes, He's like, yes, hey, guys, I, yes. I see you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, hey, um, which, which you got to appreciate. I'll tell you the, 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 the thing about the WWE, and, and I'm sure we'll, we'll talk about this, is they had two nights, and it was concise. Uh, three hours or three and yeah. a half on night two, and it didn't overstay its welcome. I was at WrestleMania 35 last year. All in all, not a ton to complain about. You got a lot of the feel-good wins, and but it was too long. The, that's the thing. You're there forever. So, uh, and like that's one of the biggest things that to me is coming out of this is how they will move forward. With WrestleMania, when, hoping, if we get back to normal, are they going to try to make this a two-night event moving forward? And, yeah, can they have 100,000 fans in that new stadium in Los Angeles next year? That's not a guarantee. Mm -hmm. I know it sounds extreme, and, oh, that's a long time away, but until there's a vaccination, you know, that's 12 months away. 12 to 18 months, okay, sort of, kind of. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm sure... Listen, word was they would have done it in an empty stadium if they could have. Mm-hmm. They would have preferred just so they could have used all their toys and everything, right, in the videos that they did. And that was one thing I thought was really cool. They do do a good job with that, don't they, as far as 
Except the New York thing. They went cheap last year. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember, people were like, what's that's your set, really? You know, a little was, bridge here was, and a Statue mm-hmm. of Liberty. Like, like you know, like yesterday or when when we were at WrestleMania uh, over the weekend, I, I was watching a lot of it and just, you know, the, the Tampa aspect and the pirates and yep. the ships. And like, they're very good at the video stuff. They used to be masterful at it. But it was it had that old school feel to it. It did feel like a important. I was like you you're watching something real, which was cool. Yeah. Now you and I have talked about this. The all elite wrestling seems to work better without fans, and I think because they're older wrestlers, they carry things better. They're better on the mic. They're better actors. WWE. Some guys are good at it. It seems the WWE though it's so built around fans. I found personally, and I didn't watch every match. I'm going to be real. No. Most of the matches in the ring, I was like, oh, like, I was like, it's not, <laughs> I'm like, it doesn't work, right? <laughs> so, but from what I saw, and I would, the three best matches for me, what I really enjoyed, we got to start off with the Boneyard match. <laughs> and, and I got to be real. I, I saw the hashtag Boneyard match, right? So, but I didn't know. I thought they just called it a boneyard match and they were going to be in the ring and stuff. So I didn't know it was a WWE cinematic experience. So let me just add this quickly. One of the reasons it was called a boneyard match, and I actually have to give them credit because usually they wouldn't care. It was a buried alive match, but due to the times, super insensitive because they've had buried alive matches before. So they switched it to Boneyard match, oh, and oh, oh. <laughs> it's it worked for me because Boneyard match is hilarious, and also like I'm surprised like Vince wasn't like Nah, screw him. So what what were they gonna do? So it would have been a buried alive at the stadium then, and they would have had a, something Rob. there. Like you know, who knows how they would have pulled that off, right? And we'll never know, I guess. Yeah, right. We'll never know. Yet so they do the Boneyard match, and so I'm watching, and. I saw a bit. I was like, oh, WrestleMania, I'll check in a bit. I was like, yeah, whatever. And I was like, oh, I'll watch The Undertaker and AJ Styles. So I see AJ Styles, and he comes in, and he gets out of the hearse and stuff. I was like, yeah, that's, I got to laugh. See, they made me laugh. I was like, yeah, that's good. Yeah, I was like, yeah, that's funny. He was like, yeah, hey, that's not so scary. He's like, it's supposed to be scary. He goes, it's yeah. not scary. And then, you know, The Undertaker, you hear Metallica, and, like the, you know, you hear the motorcycle come in, and, they show him driving down the road, and it's extremely well shot and stuff. So I'm thinking to myself, kind of, I'm like, damn, man, they're really eating up a lot of time with this intro, aren't they? I'm like, how long is this match going to be? <laughs> so it's going on, and then I'm thinking, I'm like, man, this is like the longest intro ever. I'm like, are you guys going to start the match? And then I clued in. I'm like, this is the match. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Boneyard match. They started going, and I caught on You know, earlier now. I was like, wow, this is it. I was like, wow. And then I was like, brilliant idea. Because let's be real, The Undertaker can't wrestle, right? And he'd be exposed in an empty arena in a ring. It would just, you couldn't do it. Like, it it wouldn't work well. So I thought that they shielded him perfectly. And to be honest, and I'm a big Undertaker fan, but come on, man, he's been done for years, bro. That was the best he looked. Like, he pulled this off, this match, pretty good, don't you think? No, yeah, you got to give Taker his props. Really what he... It was a downward, downward spiral for many years. He had the match in Saudi Arabia with Goldberg. That was horrible, horrible. Of course, like coming off that Goldberg still hands up the champion, blah, 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 whatever. But 
Uh, the Undertaker then really tried to make a point to have a couple of good matches in a row. He did a tag team match with Roman Reigns that a lot of people enjoyed. Trying to save the ref on the way out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, so, yeah, exactly. But one of the interesting, cool things that came out of it was Kurt Angle apparently told Taker, he's like, work with AJ and you'll have the best match you've had in plenty of years. Oh, I was, it's a good point you bring that up because it takes two to dance. And AJ mm -hmm. was great, actually. He took a great beating. Mm -hmm. He was really good in the match. Uh, there were nice touches to it. I liked it. was just basically a combination of everything, right? Little yeah. Sons of Anarchy. Yeah. It really had that Walking Dead feel. Mm -hmm. Like it was like, you know, that Negan and, <laughs> and, and Daryl and stuff. They really had that Southern sort of in the woods. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there was tombstones around. It was like a movie set. But the, the music really added to it. Yeah. Like otherwise, it would have been a little awkward. My only beef with it, my only beef, I thought it could have been more violent. Like, the production was very good. There wasn't really... There was just sort of a lot of punching, and, like, he threw him off the roof. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, and I even tweeted, they're on the roof now. <laughs> like, I was excited. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah, they're on the roof, right? So what's going to happen? <laughs> and he threw him off the roof, but it was very movie-like. Mm -hmm. Like, you can totally see there was not... You know what I mean? He landed yeah. on fake hay type thing. Mm -hmm. It wasn't that high. I was a little, like I said, the carnage could have been more, in my opinion. Like, I would have liked to see a little bit more, like, real violence in it. That's that's how I feel about another match that I think we're going to be talking about. But I'll tell you, for me, the thing that I really loved about this was getting to listen to The Undertaker talk trash yeah. to him when he was in control. It was so enjoyable for him to be, like, hugging him. Ah, you did good, brother. I'm not going to hurt you. What I got to be honest, Kevin. Yeah. I was thinking at that time, I was like, damn, man. I was like, I'm talking, like, The Undertaker might be dumb, but I'm glad that's not me with him right now. He's like, oh. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's like, like, even like the, the you know, even him, like, and you know it, The Undertaker over the years has been known, he's like the room enforcer, right? Yeah, you yeah. You get out of hand a little bit, he raises it up a notch, right? And he's the guy that if in the old days, if you piss Vince off, you're like, oh, you're going to wrestle The Undertaker. And it's not going to be fun. Like mm -hmm. when you're in there with him. So I imagine he was saying, because that's who he is. He's like, oh, you want to be a big shot, a big man. And he's like, you know what I mean? He's like, <laughs> yeah, like the little interaction actually was good. Mm -hmm. I, I enjoyed that aspect of it. Yeah, I, I, I love that. And that's that you're right. Like he was the judge in wrestler's court all those years. So it adds to the to the mystique of it. It actually, it's a funny story. It's why the, the Young Bucks or in AEW, they have a finishing move called the Indie Taker, and it came because one of them started acting as, like, a locker room general for, like, the boys on the independent scene. So Indie Taker, they kind of combined it, and it, it goes to the Undertaker character. But all in all, I, I thought it delivered. It's exactly what they should have done with the circumstances. Really, the only thing that upset me, and you probably loved it, right, because you loved Metallica, is I wanted the Limp Biscuit roll and roll and roll and roll. That's the theme song I needed him to come out to. If, he, if he's on a bike... That's the song that's got and, to be for me. Yeah, it's not, and the Metallica song's not exactly like Metallica's best, you know? Yeah. There's so many songs you can come out and like. Okay, it was a nice, like I said, the music added to it, the cinematic, and like I said, that's what they literally called it, a cinematic experience. Yeah, there was a score. And, yeah, no, and it was. There was a score to it. It was very, very well done. And you know what it was, too? It made you forget that there was no fans. It made yes. you forget that, oh, like this sucks and ever the world sucks. And you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It was a nice distraction. 
I thought, and really, I would have done more of it. I would have been out of the ring as much as possible if I was them and came up with different concepts uh, like that. So let's go into the next one, which um, was the last man standing match, I believe it was called, yeah. mm -hmm. with Edge and, um, and, and Randy Orton. Yeah. And I got to be honest with you, I didn't realize Edge was even back. Like, oh. I kind of knew... I knew he was back a bit, but I didn't realize he was back, back, willing to take a beating. Like, I thought he just sort of showed up and talked a bit sometimes, right? Yeah. Uh, the, the, uh, the documentary that the WWE did on Edge and his whole return. Now, I watched it after the match, but it, I mean, you can't watch that documentary and not be completely behind this guy. And it actually really, really worked out for them really well, Gabe, because they were actually... Uh, the way he said it was they were kind of doing a documentary on life after wrestling already. So they had so much footage and then it snowballed into this return. And they said, I mean, it was really like something that they could genuinely put up for awards because they had so much footage. Like even when you had the spear at, at, at SummerSlam and the story between him and Orton is the one that fans were really appreciating the most on a weekly basis through Raw. I remember on in-game live cam goes, Walsh, I just got to ask you quickly, is Randy Orton about RKO Beth Phoenix? Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he was all into it. Uh, Edge, Edge, home uh, home of the Toronto Raptors. Oh, uh, they had a whole thing about the, the arena and what it means to him. It's where he met Beth Phoenix. Is where, well, he had, what, uh, uh, where the Raptors play yeah. at, at that arena? Yeah, the Air yeah, Canada he, Center now, the Scotiabank Center. Had their, had their last singles match there. That's where they turned on each other. Uh, he had a world championship match here at Cena. He talked about, like, that building means more to him than any other place in the world. Yeah, and you know what? I thought for – I know he's not that old. All right, we'll take a quick break. We'll continue the WrestleMania conversation with Kevin Walsh. Get on a grid. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. You are watching Game Time Decisions. I am Lorenzo. We're throwing down with Kevin Walsh. We're talking some WrestleMania. Talked about the Boneyard match into the last man standing, which um, also really took place. So it was between uh, Randy Orton and Edge. Mm -hmm. I don't. I wasn't aware of the full storyline, but I knew it was a lot of it was about Beth Phoenix and yeah. yeah Randy Orton's not scared of uh, hitting a woman. That's one thing he's never been shy of. <laughs> Yeah, nobody. He's a good villain, though. He really is just a yeah. good jerk. Yeah, mm -hmm. you almost get the feeling that he's like that in real life. He he's is. so good at it. No, he is. Like, there's plenty of stories about what Randy Orton has done behind the scenes. Yeah, that he's just a jerk, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's you know they always say the best wrestlers are the ones who are being themselves when they turn it up a bit. That's Randy. From what I understand, like most of the divas hate him. I don't know if like he's upset them one by one along the way, but uh, yeah, I know he's not the most beloved guy. 
But he is entertaining. He's good at he's good at what he does. Mm-hmm. So you know that match, um, pretty much spread out throughout the performance center. Yes. Right. You know they were in the gym area. They're in the garage area, which another another creative way of getting them out of the ring with no fence, mm-hmm. which I thought I thought was cool. But at the same point in time, I don't know if they sample tested it because we talked about like you had, you said oh they had the score for the boneyard match yeah. and they had music underlying it. And it made a difference. And it wasn't over the top, but it was very just sort of like, doom, doom. It was like a horror movie. Like once in a while, like to build the drama, doom, doom. And then mm-hmm. like they wouldn't play music for a second, but they used music marvelously. Even though they were indoors in the performance center, I thought maybe music could have been good. I Like for, a little like yeah. tense music. Since they were in the thing, have music playing in the performance center in the background a little bit, just to sort of add just something. Now, I like the fact you could hear them talking to each other, too, and you could hear everything, yeah. but it was a very long match because I was watching it, bro, and I went to pick up my pizza and french fries, and I came back, and I was like, damn, these guys are still going. And they beat each other up pretty good. I got to be honest, though. There was one time when they were in the gym. They set it up. They looked like I wanted them to throw, throw them through the glass. Oh, that would have been good. Like, do you remember, like, they sort of, the glass was there, and I was like, come on, guys. Some, you guys yeah. got to raise it up a notch a bit here. So like, someone, the, like, yeah. I get it, and you can see Edge's back was welted, and he did, like, get hit for real a bunch. Mm-hmm. But there wasn't that signature holy that wrestling fans like. That wasn't that, like, uh-huh. oh, my God, right? It never yeah. came in that match. No, it's a good point, right? What is, so the match was 36 minutes and change. Wow. What's the... Well, like, aside from the finish, right? Because there's always going to be the finish, yeah. right? No, that's the thing. It was a good match, but they didn't have that moment. It didn't. It didn't. And part of the issue was, I was talking about it with, with my brother, and in the first two minutes of the match, Edge was down for a nine count. If anybody doesn't know how Les Man Santa works, it's, you have to be down for 10 seconds. He's down for a nine count because he gets hit with two RKOs right off the bat. And to keep the continuity and the selling, he's now got to go to a lot of nine counts and we spent a lot of this match counting off of moves. I mean, just punches to the back that knocked edge off of his feet. And I understood why in the context of the story, but it was almost as if the match was at the same pace the yes. entire time. A good point. And I just like, I mean, like God. even at the end, like, and even and it, that's the whole thing, but that's why they get paid to do it. Because they're on that truck, they're on the top of it, and it's that sense of danger. Once Orton sort of, I thought he was going to fall. Like, once Orton sort of slipped a bit, he didn't slip. It wasn't like a panic, but even he realized, oh, man. Like, like his leg was dangling off, and he sort of, like, he he got himself closer. But they were very deliberate up there, and you could tell they were very worried about falling off of it. But they weren't even that high. And and like you said, I kept waiting for that moment. Mm Because they were up there, I'm like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, he's going to throw him off the top. You know what I mean? <laughs> and they even teased us walls because they had ladders everywhere in there. Because I'm like, oh, what a convenience. So they happen to have a ladder there. I'm like, all right, yeah. what are you going to do with the ladder? So I'm like, come on, Edge. Like, jump up and land on a pickup truck on him or something. Like, mm-hmm. I was, like you said, there was that. And then it was kind of like, eh, and it was over. It's a good point. It was good, but it never got better. It just sort of went along. Right. And that's the problem is you, when you're, when you're doing good or average work for 36 minutes, it becomes kind of bad. 
And it, it starts to, you know what I mean? Like that trip for you to go get pizza and french fries probably made this match sit better for you than me. That's because a good I, point. I was, you know, and I even went to the store too. I was gone probably about eight minutes type thing. Yeah. I mean, people started making tons of jokes. Uh, you know, I think there's going to be a vaccination by the time this thing is done. Like, there's all, you know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of good ones that you would like on the on the wrestling Twitter with that match. I just that was a thing for me. I I I I think they could have gone about it a little bit different way. Like Randy Orton dressing up as a cameraman and giving a sneak RKO doesn't really apply to the story, right? The story is that Randy wants to put Edge on the shelf. Because he shouldn't be back wrestling. It's too dangerous and he's not caring about his family enough, right? But Edge is saying, that's BS. You're jealous and you want me gone because I'm taking your spot. It genuinely is a brilliant story. Nowhere in that story does Randy Orton dressing up as a cameraman fit in. <laughs> like, he should have just walked out. I wanted the bell to ring and for them to stare at one another, right? Talk that trash, right? Go ahead. Like, throw me a couple bleep. And you know what? They could have pulled it off in a ring, too, because they're both good wrestlers, right? Yes. And I like I like using, for a last man standing match, going all around the performance center makes all the sense in the world. That's great. That's very, very smart. But that's where we were for, for 34 minutes. Yeah. Without, and as I stated, without real chaos. Yeah. Without a real... Like, you know, when he, it was good when he pushed the metal card at him. Right, but and he boom, but, it. Exactly, and it was like, you keep teasing us with stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I said, like, and he even had the lights on the glass, and I was like, oh, yeah, here it comes. Mm-hmm. Here it comes. I was like, they set up some, you know, they got the softer glass set up. <laughs> They're yeah. going to go right through. They didn't. They went through the door. They walked through the door. I was like, come on, guys. Mm-hmm. Go, through the, go through the wall or something. Yeah. Like, you, you know, like in the old days, the ultimate fighter? Mm-hmm. You know, they used to do it deliberately, Kevin, where <laughs> the walls were thin and the door, so Brock yeah. Lesnar, poof, he goes through right the wall. Was it, was it like Rampage a, who broke the door? Yeah, right? like like you said. Like, people were like, damn, man, that door was, like, set up more than WWE. Like, <laughs> bam, like, he ripped the door off the hinge easily. But yeah, we like to see that, right? I want to see someone go through a door, go through I, a window, you know? I wanted to ask you, because I didn't know if you saw this. It was one of those things where like people were talking like, man, you had the chance to edit this down, and I don't know how you left this in. And it's, man, like you got to think that these two guys would be upset at themselves for maybe not catching it, but they had kind of that spot where Orton's like hanging edge using gym equipment. Yeah. And this is on the heels of the Benoit documentary that just came out, which is yeah. how obviously that played out. And there's a lot of people very uncomfortable with that spot. And it's one of those things where – there's no way that those two guys would do that deliberately. That That is absolutely they not. They got caught up in the moment. And, and right. You, know I mean? it's yeah. the, you had the chance to edit this. And that's the uh, other thing, yeah, right? Yeah, it's a good 36 point, yeah. and change, and they had the chance to edit it. Those guys are probably going for 45 minutes, if not more. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. And it's not live. They could have shortened it uh, down. You know, one thing with Chris Benoit, um, had him on my show not like weeks before. Wow, yeah. But probably like months mm-hmm. type thing. So fresh, in fact. Pretty crazy. I was on Sirius at the time. I used to have wrestlers on all the time, once a week, twice a week, and um, had Benoit, and, and he cut a bunch of promos for me. Wow. And it was nuts. It was like, I'm Chris Benoit. Vent your rage. Otherwise, and he's like, tune in. Otherwise, I'm going to come like... I had, like, promos of Benoit threatening people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, at the time, it seemed cool. Go. 
this is yeah. the crippler. I'll come and cripple you. Like he was like basically he did all these things. Yeah. I know where you live. I'm gonna come here. Like he got all these promos. Uh, and I remember like a month later, I was like, oh my god. I was like, mm -hmm. and they deleted them right away in the system. Yeah. They said, no, nah, this guy just got to go. Like can't like. So I understand, but like you said, like I don't think it was a deliberate thing that Vince was like, oh, make sure to do that. No way. Right? Those no. guys got. They were there. They saw it. Mm -hmm. You know, so all right, let's get into the uh, let's get into the the uh, the funhouse uh, match, yeah. which was very similar to me, like the boneyard match. And you had to understand me on this that same thing. I was like, is this the intro? Like, what the hell is this? I was like, are they ever gonna like? And then I sort of clued in. I was like, no, this is sort of like I figured it out. I'm like, this is the match. Because yep. I'm gonna be honest, like when Cena walked into the funhouse, mm -hmm. I got a kick. I was like, oh, I started sorry. laughing. Uh -huh. I like that puppet, the chick with the black hair and stuff. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The other puppet talking. It's a good bit. I like it. was all good. So when he's in the funhouse, I was like, oh, cool. I was like, they're going to fight in this funhouse. They're going to beat the crap out of the place. They had that door where it said abandon all hope. So I was like, you know what? They'll fight. He's going to get thrown through a wall in this house. And then they're going to go into some sort of, I figured like a haunted house thing, like with a wait in that, you yep. know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Behind in the door and Bray Wyatt would be waiting for him. But it was all video edited. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And it was literally, like, for anyone, like, you know, I mean, I was getting people that were tweeting me, and they're like, dude, I did mushrooms. This isn't, like, this is, like, freaking me out. <laughs> like, if you were on acid or something, <laughs> it was, like, Pee Wee's Playhouse times 10, yet with wrestling humor. Mm -hmm. And, listen, the Vince McMahon puppet with the horns, that was classic stuff that Vince would even allow that, right? Yep. That he made himself to be the devil. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's great. I mean, it's one it's one of the things, Matt Hardy, because he recently, you know, went to AEW, uh, he did a podcast with Jericho, because that's what everybody who leaves does, they do a podcast with Jericho, and he talked about Hardy had a similar match in WWE, and Vince was basically like, I don't get it, I don't get this at all, and it wouldn't surprise me if for a lot of this match, Vince was like, yeah, I don't get it, but people told him, like, just let it go, kind of thing. Oh, it was the creative team, and that's the thing, the WWE creative team has been ripped, they're very, they're very sanitized. Yeah. It's it's repetitive. Like that's one of their big issues. I give credit to the creative team for thinking outside the box and John Cena for even going along with it. Because you know, you figure John Cena could have the juice and say, This is dumb. I'm not doing mm -hmm. this. Like I'm not yeah. You know what I mean? But the fact that John Cena can act is good. And there's one thing about Bray Wyatt, which I saw people say they loved it. It's classic. It was so unique. Other people were like, oh, it was too weird. But Bray Wyatt is really good at talking. Mm -hmm. He's a great actor. He's very good at the characters. He can change voices. He's on a dime. Like, he can go into different characters, which is very impressive. Yeah. He's not a great wrestler, per se, though. Mm -mm. And people are like, oh, I would like to see more wrestling in a match. It's like, once Thank again, you know. those two would have been exposed in a ring. They couldn't yeah. have wrestled 18 minutes in a ring, these two oh. guys. Like, it wouldn't have worked. Right? They need, And Cena needs the crowd. So all things considering, I thought it was kind of brilliant, actually, what they did. I mean, yeah. looking back, instead of having no fans, people would look back and go, man, that was the most unique, strange WrestleMania ever. A hundred percent. And the thing about the Firefly Funhouse is it was, it, was, it was a cohesive story. And it ripped Cena's career apart from his failures to the things that were missed opportunities, right? Like the ruthless aggression stuff, which Cena openly says... 
I I hated. It was awful. It almost got me fired, right? The little Johnny Large Meat segment, which is absolutely hilarious, but it also takes a shot at, a shot at Cena for only caring about getting bigger and not actually spending any time get, becoming a great wrestler, right? And then so there's get, Cena, though, with a sense of self-depreciating, yes, sense of humor, yes. making fun of himself. Yeah, exactly. And for people who maybe if they didn't get it on first, I've already watched the thing twice. I loved it. So like the NWO stuff, what that is, is so in the match at 30, Bray's like hit me with the chair. Right. Because the whole story at WrestleMania 30 was basically Bray trying to say John Cena is a monster and he could have turned heel. Right. And in that moment. He didn't. He stays face, and Cena stays face forever, and it's always the big what if. What if Cena turned heel? The NWO connection is the guy who had a very similar beginning career, Hogan, actually turned heel and went Hollywood Hogan. So that's what that was. Cena coming out with the NWO belt, doing a little rock and roll, is the idea of what would have happened if Cena turned heel. You see the flashbacks to the signs. If Cena wins, we riot. Cena sucks, because that's the result of him never actually turning I mean, it really was a brilliant, brilliant piece that they put together. Yeah, like of the his, and you know what? Like you know it more intricately than I do, even mm-hmm. with those little details of everything. Yeah, it spanned their careers, right? Of all their characters, so to speak, into one. Yeah. And I did think it was cool, and I, I saw that coming too. I'm like, oh yeah, the fiend part's coming now soon, right? It's gonna mm-hmm. sort of culminate uh, with that. I, and the Bischoff stuff, which was great. Mm-hmm. And then after you see Bischoff, <laughs> great. like literally baffled, right? Like mm-hmm. literally Bischoff like did a little like tweet periscope. Mm-hmm. He's like, he goes, wow. <laughs> he goes, I just got fired, but I was just on WrestleMania, I guess. He's like, <laughs> he was like, that was weird, man. Like he was actually like baffled for real. It wasn't like that he was like, wow. He uh, was actually like, I don't know what I just watched. Yeah, it was. He had a good line though. He was like, I don't know anybody that gets fired, uh, and then months later, made yeah, a headline. Yeah, made be hired. <laughs> it was good. <laughs> it was like I said, and Bray Wyatt really is good. I'll give him credit at it. Like very difficult to shift characters like he does. Yeah. Um, like I said, I noticed that with him years ago, even when he, when he started to become popular. I was like, this guy has charisma. People like him, but he's not a great wrestler. That's why he needed those other guys around him before. Mm-hmm. So now he's more of an entertainer, and he's he's damn good at it. But you know, we'll see, Kevin. If if you know, hopefully WrestleMania next year is normal because that means sports are going to be normal yeah. again uh, right now. I'll, and I'll just add this quickly. I think the most interesting thing is, right, without a doubt, the Firefly Funhouse match and the Boneyard match were the things that people loved about WrestleMania yeah. the most. What, what are we missing? And Well, no, no, no. For, 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 forget that for a second. Is Vince always likes to do what, like, the fans love. If like he And he'll do it over and over and over again. But that stuff is difficult if you do it in the crowd, like, with a crowd there. That's kind of an interesting little, like, mix. So it'll be interesting to see how much he actually does it. Um, I'm looking uh, here at uh, Mandy Rose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you telling me Mandy Rose is a Gale? I don't. I, I Martino. Martino's like related to her. I think maybe she went to Iona. He he knows he knows. She's the, from Westchester. Yeah, yeah, she did. 
She went. She went to Iona. I mean, come on, that's the thing. We were at WrestleMania. How about how about you guys? Rick Iona's taking the world over. How about Rick Patino? What's the deal with her though? On WrestleMania, did you see that? What Patino was betting on it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He made a bet with his brother. He goes, look, if uh, Brock wins the main event, you come to Iona. If Drew wins, we'll go to Minnesota. His brother got hit with the bait and switch. That's why the older brother always wins, right? His brother goes, I can't go against a gopher, so give me Brock. Clown move. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. You are watching Game Time Decisions. I am Gabriel Morenci. Throwing it down with the raging redhead, Cam Stewart. Kevin Walsh is going to step up, and then we're going to talk some WrestleMania. Uh, Cam, <laughs> you know, I didn't uh, I didn't watch all of WrestleMania on Saturday night and Sunday night, but I seem to get all the cool. Um, I seem to see all the cool uh, matches because I, I see, like, I didn't miss anything, basically. And I did watch it. I had it up, uh, but I, I found that the, the in-ring stuff just doesn't work. Uh, for no. the WWE, even though it was WrestleMania, it was kind of awkward. Uh, but I'll give credit. Uh, WrestleMania did a great job, actually. Very, very sinister, dark, strange. <laughs> like, people don't even, you know, honestly, it was some of the strangest stuff that I've ever seen uh, in wrestling before. They had a cool boneyard match on, on Saturday night. And very, very good idea, actually, Cam, because it doesn't work in the ring. And, and The Undertaker's not a very good wrestler to begin with. So instead of, like, in a ring, it was like a movie. They had, like, music playing. It was, like, in a, in a, in a cemetery. Yeah. And it was very, like, Walking Dead-ish. There was, like, a barn, and, like, there was the Druids came out. And, <laughs> like, it was in, like, the woods. You know what I'm saying? I so, love like, it. you didn't realize there was no fans. They didn't need no fans. Uh, Edge and, uh, and Randy Orton beat the crap out of each other. Yep. And that was cool stuff. Like, it wasn't in the ring. They were, like, they went all around the building everywhere. In like a hardcore match. That was really, really cool. And John Cena and Bray Wyatt, the uh, the funhouse match was was like bizarro world, bro. Yeah, yeah. And people <laughs> people bet on this stuff. Came, it wasn't like a wrestling match. But it was it was literally like just 18, 20 minutes of bizarro acid-induced weird stuff, yeah. man. <laughs> like trick mirrors and all that stuff? No, like, yeah, it was like, yeah, it was like it was like a bunch of video clips that they did. Wild. So there would be head-to-head, and you sort of hit them, and it would be like a skit, and it would be really weird. <laughs> but it was really cool. It was really, it was really cool, but it was so strange and bizarre. And then at the end, he sort of knocked them out, and he won. Like, that was... Like, basically, like the Boneyard match cam when it started, I thought it was the pre-fight intro. Because it was all video, yeah. right? I'm like, all right, when's yeah. the match going to start? I'm like, man, this intro is long. Then I realized this is the match. Like, well, I'm watching the match, like, type thing. It was very... They figured it out. Yeah, like I said, it was very different. And I've been around, and even for me to, like, I had to watch and wrap my head around what I was watching. Yeah. It shows how creative it is. They took a chance. Not everybody loved it. I saw some people like, oh, it was just too weird. And, oh, it was, yeah. Yeah, I don't even know what I was watching and, yeah, well. and stuff like that. But... It was actually pretty fun. So we'll get uh, we'll get Walsh's take on that. So we were talking about the um, 
the virtual racing going on, eSport or whatever, with Bubba Wallace somehow losing Blue Emu as, as a sponsor. Um, but the term virtual is being used a lot now. Yes. And the NFL draft, quote unquote, will be a virtual draft. Mm -hmm. You and I talked about this. We predicted it. Yeah. Yeah, that you know, that's that's basically what it's gonna be. But one thing I've noticed, and I know they announced that the draft is gonna be on Zoom. They're using the Zoom uh, yep. platform. And Cam, you know, anyone that watches the news knows over the last couple of weeks, Zoom have been getting penetrated hardcore. Oh, oh, that yeah. kid on the Rangers did a uh, a QA with fans, like um, you know, like Nazi groups hijacked the, the Q&A. Oh, yeah. A great. woman's group was doing like their jerks. There's real jerks out there. Yeah. So like there was like a big woman's conference. Somebody decided to put like hardcore porn on it. So like these women doctors are talking and stuff and then boom, like they can't control it. Like these hackers like jump in. Imagine the NFL draft, bro. And the Minnesota Vikings are on the clock and then boom, someone starts hacking into the Vikings yeah. computer and stuff. Yeah. They, yeah, the Vikings this select. Isn't, this isn't foolproof. I'd be very concerned. <laughs> eater, eater. Yeah, you next thing you're like, what the? What? This is a family program. You like, and I you know, do this all the time, Cam. <laughs> just imagine. Yes. Imagine Mike Zimmer. This stupid Zoom. What the hell? I just oh, logged oh. off. What do I get me back on? Oh my God. He's gonna be on the phone. Take this guy. <laughs> it's funny, man. And that's the thing. Like we're talking about stocks. That show that I did with Blessing, like a year ago, like we were on Zoom. Crystal clear, whatever. The whole world's using Zoom. Uh, educational videos. People are going to school on these things. You talk. We're having our uh, pre uh, pre show meetings on it. Like I, the, I don't know the 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 amount of usership and a percentage that has gone up with Zoom. But I'll tell you one thing, man. It's absolutely insane. And you're right. When that many people go on it, you're going to get freaks and bad groups. So I'm with you. Don't be surprised if something crazy happens during the NFL draft. All right, let's get into our questions of the day, and they're always yep. fun to get into. Theodore, uh, Theo knows on Twitter steps up, and it says, any good flying airplane stories? Well, me and Cam have too many, actually. Uh, we'd be here uh, yeah. for, for hours. But <laughs> My favorite is, though, when you got bombed, spilled the wine, uh, you know, on Delta or whatever, ripping it. Next thing you know, you had your, like, first time in your life, you're ever wearing, like, khakis or some bad, interesting color that's not, like, black jeans, and you get a $300 voucher and a deal for a trip. I thought they did a, a pretty damn good job, and we were wasted. That was yeah, a great yeah. one. Yeah, the time <laughs> me and Cam went to uh, to Mississippi, Mississippi oh. State, to see our boy Jutsi, may rest in peace. Ooh, what a, uh, what a weekend. Yeah, it was real hard to get out there. It's not easy to get to uh, Tupelo, Mississippi, let me tell you. So... We had to fly to from Toronto to Memphis, and, and we had to drive like four or five hours or whatever. But the thing is, big mistake. And you know, listen, I've been around long enough to know. Once in a while, you do it. It never ends well. It never ends well. But when you start drinking at the airport before you get on the plane, oh yeah, yeah. it's one thing to drink on the plane, and that doesn't end well. No. But when you drink at the airport, and me and Cam started drinking at the airport, like while we were waiting to get on the plane from Memphis, we get on the plane. Not a lot of people on the plane. Not a lot of people going to Mississippi, right, from Toronto yep. at the time. So we're on the plane, and we're getting hammered, except they don't mind. Like, the store, the flight attendants yeah. were cool and stuff, and we drank them out of everything, pretty much, literally and fitterably. We're drinking, like, red wine at this point. We're on to the red wine. We went through the vodka, and, like, she's like, you guys pretty much drank us dry. Yeah. And uh, we get to the red wine. There's a little turbulence. The lady yep. spilt the red wine on me. It wasn't my fault. Yeah. <laughs> she spilt it on me, like, toof. 
but it went all over my pants. Like it, like it was like my pants were ruined type thing. Yeah, I got $250. It was $250. Uh, yeah. She said, sir, hold on a minute. She came back. She said, I'm very sorry. She gave me a voucher and uh, it was uh, good for credit. I used it too. It was good for credit, 250 bucks. Uh, Delta hotels or airlines or whatever. It might've been 300 bucks. Yep. And um, yeah, we, we got there. But, you know, great, great time. The, the time, though, we told the story briefly about March Madness a couple of years ago. That was the last March Madness that we were at, that um, I was busting Cam's balls. And it's funny because I was confused. Normally, I'm very aware. No, it's Sunday night, Saturday night. Yeah. But I don't know why that airline, Cam, that what the, the, the website was very confusing. It was. I literally even asked the lady. I called. And I said, I don't want to book. I don't want to leave Saturday night at 1 in the morning. She means Sunday morning, sir. I'm like, no, 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 no. Oh. What part of this is so confusing? I want the red eye Sunday landing Monday morning, right? So she's like, that's what you're on, sir. I'm like, okay, fine. Okay, yeah. So we're in Vegas. It's March Madness. Saturday, we're having a great time. It was a great time in Vegas that time. You know, we're there three, four days. Saturday comes. Cam's like, oh, my God. I thought my flight was tomorrow night, Sunday <laughs> night, but it's tonight now, Saturday it night. It is. And I'm like, oh, how can uh, you do that? I double checked. You're, oh, you're an idiot. Oh, this is terrible. Yeah. I'm like, who the hell leaves Vegas on a Saturday night? That's what we came here for. It's March Madness. And yeah, so I'm, and I'm like, poor Cam. I'm like, you got to cancel it. And you're like, oh, I'll just bite the bullet and I'll leave. And Cam's getting hammered because he knows he's leaving. So Cam's getting hammered. I'm like, poor Cam. We're all laughing at Cam. Poor guy. Yeah. He misbooked the flight. Guys, I'm standing there. It's like six at night in Vegas. Yeah. My phone starts buzzing. And look, it's like, you have two hours to board. Yeah. How's your flight <laughs> like, doing? Yeah, I told you. I, I, screwed up. I looked at you. I said, oh, my God. I'm on your plane. We were on this. Me and Cam both screwed up the same plane. Remember, I was like, oh, my God. I had to literally run to my room, like, throw everything in a bag. Like, literally. I was like, oh, like, I got to leave. So I like, ran. But there was the Michigan-Houston game was on. So it was basically run, pack the bag, get the bags ready. Watch the game and then go. <laughs> I don't. Then, that wasn't crazy. It was them, man. I don't know who was working that day, but man, we got. No, uh, we got screwed. Oh yeah, we got pooched. That's never time. happened to me before. I've yeah, booked that. I've booked that flight a million times. I dude. knew there was something off when I spoke to the lady too. I was like, "Are you sure?" Like it's Saturday. Oh yes, sir. But in the end, it worked out because basically, Michigan beat Houston at the buzzer. Won yep. a bunch of money. Yep. Literally had no time to lose it. Like, we cashed the money and walked out of Circus Circus into a taxi and went to the airport. And ironically enough, me and Cam nearly missed our plane because um, we were because eating chi uh, yeah, chi chilies. We went to chilies <laughs> to eat before our plane. Excellent. We got caught up in a moment. <laughs> <laughs> Guy was a Michigan fan, too. He loaded us up. Uh, that chilies in that airport, delicious. Man, those I've got, I got a million airport stories. Yeah, I got I got a million airport, the big yeah. show. I can go on, but... Here's our main man, Kyle, in Atlanta. Will wearing masks and gloves become the new normal after this? And how long will that be the new normal for? Yes, it will be the new normal. Listen, there's no vaccination for 18 months. You know, there's people, I think people will be wearing masks at sporting events. I think masks are sort of the thing of the future. You know, you see, not to get too, um, you know, into uh, geopolitical, but yeah. just basically, you see how how quickly the air is cleaning up without yeah. us flying around and damaging. Exactly, exactly. Like, like we do so much damage that 
as it is now, in the next like 15 years, you'll need a mask because the air quality be so bad. I agree with that. And a lot I of like climate change and global warming, whether you believe it or not, it's real, guys. So, and then it'll be just like this pandemic, Cam. I swear. It's going to be like the year 2042. They're going to be like, why did California just fall into the ocean? Why are there flash floods? Why are there no crops? Why are our crops burned down and it's overheating? And well, because you didn't pay attention before, don't act surprised. I saw a thing about that, about in the future, you'll basically, it'll be like this all the time. Yeah. People won't want to go outside. The air quality will mess you up. You'll need a mask when you do. Like, But in the near future, uh, for Kyle, I think literally probably for about the next two years. I think yeah. in two years, now, we're starting to get back normal. Yeah. Once there's a vaccination and people feel safe and they're not, I don't care, I get it. I can't get yeah. it or if I get it. I get a vaccine. It's like the flu or something. But as long as there's unknown death around it, and, and, and the thing is, too, and I'm not a scientist, obviously, but anyone that's been paying attention to this knows, like the Spanish flu cam came in 1918, right? I just like more people died from it in 1920, though. That's, yeah, you know what I'm saying? The Black Plague in 1960, uh, in 1366 what or whatever. It was actually like 1370 that it really, like, yep. these viruses show up. It's just an appetizer. They regroup and then they come for like the, they think, oh, you think you're, you think you beat it, huh? And then they come for you. It's like every time, like everyone, everyone knows this. Like it is happening in China now. So guys, it's not like just in May or in like June. Okay, everyone can go outside again. You got to mitigate this stuff. Not saying you want to sit inside forever at home, all of us, but regular society, we're like, I think probably about two years, Cam. That's the best. Just an appetizer. Yeah, it's a, a very good way of putting it. Another thing is, a lot of these guys have been proactive. Remember people, Gabe? In big cities, they've been wearing masks for years. They already were ahead of the game with this stuff. Yeah, but I exactly. agree. I agree 100%. All right. The, 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 always love the questions. All right, we got Kovacs. Jordan Kovacs. It's a tough one. Better college running back. Barry Sanders or Bo Jackson? I'm going to have to go with Bo Jackson in this one. I think Bo Jackson... What he did at Auburn, like Barry Barry Sanders, he was a stud too. Remember Thurman Thomas? Also, they had a dual threat. He played a couple of years at Oklahoma State too. But I'm gonna have to just say Bo Jackson for dominance game. He was just too good. He ran over everybody, kind of like the Bo Jackson in Tech, Tech Mobile. You can't talk five guys on him. He'll still get to the touch. Barry Sanders is an elusive guy and had great runs. But I'm gonna have to go with Bo Jackson from Auburn. Yeah, I'll lean. You know what? I think Barry Sanders. As good as Barry Sanders was in college, he was actually even better in the National Football League. Yep. So, obviously, Barry Sanders is a better NFL back than Bo Jackson was. Bo's career is pretty short in the National Football League. But Bo Jackson, oh, you know, Herschel Walker, better than both of them. Yes, I you agree. Know, Herschel Walker, more dominant college running back. To me, he's the best college running back of yep. all time, Herschel Walker. You know, Bo Jackson, I was lucky enough, I was living in Los Angeles when he was on the Raiders. Uh, at the time. So I've seen, I saw him play in person, which is like super cool. And he was that good. You know what? You know, he was that good. You know, who the quarterback was when I was there. I was there a few years though, but one of the What guys, year were you there? Like uh, 80, 89 to like 91, 88 to like 91 ish type thing. Jim Plunkett was there in uh, 83, 84. No, I was past, I was Jim Plunkett retired. So, uh, blonde guy, Jay Schrader. Oh, Jay Schrader. Yes. Jay Schrader. I had a cannon, right? They flip yeah. bombs like Jay, Jay Schrader. Schrader. You're right. Like a weird Jay Schrader. Yeah. I forget about that blonde guy. Blonde guy. 
Yeah. Uh, Jay Schrader. Yeah, Redskins, too. Yeah, Redskins. Uh, yeah, it was very good. Vince Evans. I don't even remember. Um, Vince Evans. Black Vince quarterback. Evans, black guy. He was one of the first black quarterbacks, actually, in the NFL. Um, he had been around a while. First starting quarterbacks. Um, yeah, Vince Evans was there. You know, the, the coach was one of the years I was there. A lot of coaches when I was there. But one of the coaches was Mike Shanahan. That's true. Hard to believe, Mike Shannon. They fired him after like a year. And he went to Denver and the rest is history there. Art Shell. Art Shell, legendary Raiders coach. Art Shell was the coach for the most part. But I was going to say, I was not at the game. I I did go to a lot of games. I did go to a lot of Raider games. But I didn't go to this game because I think the Bills were playing in the playoffs the same day. I don't know why I didn't go. I couldn't went. I didn't. And... I was at home, but I was living in Los Angeles. Bo Jackson's last game. Okay, I remember I saw him go down. I was like, that's not good. He's not getting up. And it's crazy because anyone that remembers Bo Jackson's last tackle and last play, it wasn't vicious. Bo Jackson was sort of breaking away, running down the sideline against the Bengals. Bengals, yep. And dude on the Bengals sort of typically like ran behind him, sort of jumped on him, and they both fell and they landed. Not violent at all, really. And... Bo had a bad hip, and he had knee problems, and something something snapped. Like, he heard something pop, and it was pretty crazy. When when they landed, Bo told him, I'll never play again. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. literally he on knew. the spot. Like, yeah, he goes, I'm done. He goes, that's it. And I guess he was a little freaked out, and Buddy was freaked out. He goes, man, I just killed Bo Jackson, like, type thing. Yeah. He didn't want it, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And Bo told him, it's not you. It's not you. And he, and he told him. He said, it's, it's over. And Bo knew. He goes, I'm done. And that was it. Like, it was that bad at the time. And the Bengals ended up going winning, winning the game. Uh, Bengals, Bengals won that game. But, yeah, Bo Jackson, great, great, uh, such, such a great dynamic running back. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build and optimize lineups for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com.